I have cared for the multitude. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's Gospel recounts the miracle of our Lord where he multiplied the loaves to feed the multitude that had come out into the wilderness, into the desert, to hear his preaching. And being ever solicitous for what is good for them, not just in their bodies, but also in their souls, well, he confirmed the truth of his teaching by performing this miracle to sustain them so that they not, as he said, faint on the way after returning home, trying to return home after their time in the desert together. And so he took seven loaves and multiplied it enough to feed 4,000 and also some fishes. And there we see God's divine providence that he will provide for his people, for their needs, both spiritual and temporal. And it, we should also recall those words of St. Paul when it comes towards the workings of divine providence, since oftentimes it's mysterious to us. We don't quite understand why God permits one thing and not another. But it, we should recall those words of the Apostle St. Paul that all things turn to good to those who love God. Now, of course, turning and looking upon divine providence is something important for us to do in our challenging times. In fact, oftentimes the situation in the world, the church, even our own families, may make us doubt somewhat the goodness of God or his divine providence. And so all the more that when we see the, the, the corruption in the world around us, not to look at it as something that's there to break down our faith, but instead to build it up, in that it makes us have to do conscientious acts of faith and divine providence. Now, of course, most of the challenges we see in our world is because of corruption. Corruption, I will define what I mean by that. Is the speaker system working? Okay, I will just continue to project because there have been problems with this already. But corruption is not simply defined as someone who does something or says something I don't like. That would be corruption as how they say the woke and the wokest would say. But instead, corruption is when something does not reach its finality. For example, in everyday life, we would say that food is spoiled or corrupted when we're no longer able to eat it. It's not edible, and so that we would say is corrupted food or spoiled food. Likewise, we would say it for a police officer who instead of holding and, how they say, enforcing the law, takes bribes and lets criminals kind of get away because he receives bribes. Or a teacher who does not instill learning and teaching to his students, but instead propaganda, we would say that they do not fulfill the purpose for which they have that job, that occupation, and so they would be corrupted. And so we should think, well, it's mainly this corruption that is ailing our society and our church even. But we also have to know that that corruption can easily be within ourselves, within our own hearts and our souls. Because we know from our catechism that God created us for a purpose, which is to love and serve Him in this world, and to be forever happy with Him in the world to come. And so when we deviate from that purpose, mainly by committing sin, well then we have allowed that corruption and our hearts to be corrupted. And so as we might easily see the corruption in others, we must also turn to ourselves from time to see where we might have corrupted ourselves so that we might correct it, that we might 
orient ourselves again towards God and our final end, heaven, and to repent and get back on track, and therefore to remove that corruption from our hearts. Now, of course, when we see the corruption in the world and how vast it is, and it seems that each day we find out even more deeply how far that corruption goes into all aspects of, say, governments, the church, schools, everything, it might make us feel hopeless or despondent, almost kind of like, well, there's nothing I can do about it, so I'm just going to let it be like that. But actually, there is a lot that we can do to overcome that corruption. Of course, there are the natural things, you know, like writing letters and making people aware of different things. But there's something even more profound and even more efficacious that we can do. We have to remember, especially when it comes towards corruption of our leaders, that they have authority, but that authority comes from God. He is the source of all authority. And so if we have somebody who is an authority over us that is not reaching the finality of his role, whether it be in public safety or teaching the faith or, how do you say, providing medical care or whatnot, well, we have someone we can turn to. We have the origin of their authority, which is God, and so we can implore him to help us that those who are not exercising their authority property, properly, that they either might convert or that they be replaced by those who will fulfill their purpose, who will exercise that authority according to the design for which God gave it. And so that means we have recourse to God. All the more, and of course we should go to that source often. And how would I say, not become hopeless because we don't see any solution here on this earth. The other thing is for our part to fight that corruption within ourselves. To be all the more in line with the, the, the divine will by keeping the commandments. Not only that, but the more we associate it to our Lord and His divine will, the more we abide by that holy will, by the commandments, and live it, well, the more efficacious is our prayer. Because, if you will, we are already on His good graces. And so we should strive already to avoid sin and to make reparation for our own sins before imploring God for the things that we need by His divine providence. The other thing which we can do but we easily neglect it is to offer up sacrifices. Our Lady appeared at Fatima in 1917 to warn us all about the things that we are living through now. She did not propose for us big political movements or establishing armed forces or whatnot, but what she did ask us to do was to pray for the conversion of poor sinners and to offer up sacrifices in reparation for sin. And we know that if Our Lady asked us to do those things, then doing those things will be efficacious. They will, presume, uh, they will produce results. And so we should be all the more hearkened to heed that voice and to offer up those sacrifices. They could be in things small, like the irritations we have when we're driving or when we're in line at the grocery store or when we're asked to do something that we'd prefer to put off until later. Or it could be even the more serious things such as ailments, accidents, or the, the anxiety we might have because of the unstableness of the world around us, the thoughts of fear of what the future will have. Will I have my job next week? 
Will I be arrested for, I don't know, whatever I posted on Facebook yesterday? All those fears, but we can also offer up those in reparation for sin. Particularly, we should also strive to offer up that which is most pleasing to God, which is our Lord Jesus Christ, the shedding of his most precious blood. We know that that blood is very pleasing to God because it is the price of our redemption. It is, if you will, a divisible sign of the generosity of Christ who shed that precious blood so as to save us, to redeem us from sin. And so when God sees it, it would be offered to him in a prayer such as, I offer to the Eternal Father the most precious blood of our Lord shed for us in reparation for, and then you can name a particular sin. Maybe your own, maybe one that you see in your neighbor. But you can do that type of offering also. It is very efficacious. And another is also to offer up our assistance at Mass in reparation for sin and even to receive Holy Communion for that intention. In fact, that was asked of us by our Lord in the devotion to the Sacred Heart. It was asked by Our Lady in that devotion to the Immaculate Heart. And so let us strive not to let those opportunities of grace, opportunities to offer up reparation pass us by. But to heed and be very conscientious of the fact that when we go up to Holy Communion, it's not just simply fulfilling a routine or to do as everybody else does. But we are truly receiving our Lord Jesus Christ in that sacrament individually, where he brings us graces, where he removes the residue of venial sins we may have committed, where he increases that sanctifying grace, that charity in our hearts. And of course, in that reception, we can offer it up, offer up that communion in reparation for sin. And the more sins are reparated for, the less temporal punishment will remain for them. And then all the more that we will have good things in this world, because God would not have to punish us for the many sins that offend him. And so not to be hopeless in seeing the world, but instead to see it as an opportunity for us to increase in grace, increase in charity towards God by these offerings, and of course to strive after heroic virtue. Throughout the history of the church, it was times like these that produced the greatest saints. Saint Dominic, Saint Francis of Assisi did not live in the perfect time. They did not live in utopia. During their time, there were various heresies ravaging the vineyard of the church, and there was also the decadence of the clergy around them. But God, through those things, made it so that these saints would rise up in their efforts to start foundations for the reform of the clergy, to have form preachers to increase the knowledge of the faith amongst the Christian faithful so that they might not fall for these heresies. And we see that throughout all the history of the church. The Arian controversy, we have the great Saint Irenaeus, the great Saint Athanasius. During the time of the Protestant revolt, we have Saint Ignatius, Saint Teresa, Saint Francis de Sales. So it is also the times like this that God raises up saints, but we have to do our part. We know His divine providence gives us the opportunity, but we also have to use those graces He gives us using that opportunity to become saints ourselves and to do things by doing that to, how to say, bring, make the world a better place, to put it bluntly. So let us strive as we think about the divine providence and the great love that God has for us, that He cares for us, that He gives us those graces we need for our eternal salvation and also for the good of our neighbor, 
that when we have to undergo these sufferings, to offer them up, and even to give thanks to God for that opportunity. When you have stubbed your toe, you can say thanks be to God, but not sarcastically, but you say it because you know, ah, I don't like this, but God permitted it for my greater good, and that is glory be to him. So even small things like that to give gratitude, and of course also to give gratitude for the graces we do receive. The more grateful we are, the more, the more we will receive. The more we take it for course, basically, and not be grateful, well then God withdraws those graces. And of course many of you probably heard rumors about the possibility of what the future may be for those who go to the Latin Mass. So all the more that we should thank God that we've had this opportunity so far to be able to assist at a liturgy that gives great honor and glory to God, that gives us spiritual nourishment, to thank God for what we've had in the past and to implore Him all the more that it might continue in the future. And by making those acts of thanksgiving and gratitude specifically for that, that He in His divine providence and his ultimate authority will preserve those good things for us, for our children, and for our neighbors in the future. And so let us strive to have confidence in divine providence, to turn to him frequently in prayer for our needs, and to know that even with the sufferings and the turmoils that may come during our life, that God permits all those things for our advantage spiritually, that we become saints, that we merit for eternity a great and glorious crown of glory and to keep in mind those words of saint paul that all things turn to good to those who love god amen in name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost amen